Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who are more interesting to watch than the Pro Bowl. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> I stand I stand by that comment. I, I don't scream that I'm interesting, but I'm definitely more interesting than the Pro Bowl. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And uh, I'm Gene Zelak, and you can find me at Producer Gene. And the Pro Bowl was on tonight. Does anybody watch that? Maybe like Malcolm Jenkins' mom. Maybe I think Andy Reid's family has like a, a TiVo season pass for it because he's always there. Yeah, because he loves Hawaiian shirts is what it really comes down to. They look good on a fat man. As a fat man <laughs> myself, I can say they look good on a fat man. All right, guys. Well, we are here tonight to eulogize the 2018. I'm sorry, Chuck. The 2018-2019 Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you, Dave. I was so confused before. I'm like, why are we eulogizing the Super Bowl team? But thank you for clarifying. The 2018-2019 Philadelphia Eagles. Um, And I I don't think we could do this properly without our very special guest tonight, Mr. Michael Radar Orsino. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I forgot to ask one important question. What's that? Do we curse on this podcast? This is like the this is like the ultimate podcast question. Like I feel like every time a new guest comes on a podcast, that yes, you can curse. Like we have an explicit rating. Good. Yeah, we hardly use it, but I, I imagine we're going to use it this week. So if you have kids in the car, um, well, we'll see what happens. Let's see if they learn some new words from their uncle Radar. <laughs> let them let them let them get used to it, right? <laughs> Once an episode, we use it. And usually my wife is like, oh, that was when I was listening to it with the kids in the car. Yeah, we, we ride that dangerous line of like 90% 90% clean and then just like a string of F-bombs. Like to yeah, and then the Dave's show. like, fuck this. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. No we got it out of the way. Uh, and we had to have you on for this episode because you are like our most fervent Eagles fan. Yes, I have done many chest bumps uh, half naked with you and, uh, and Chuck <laughs> and Gene, actually. Uh, usually in, in, in glee, but all right. if we were all watching the Saints game, uh, probably would we would have been doing it uh, angrily. Well, it's for, we don't usually take our clothes off uh, when the Eagles lose. That's <laughs> uh, usually reserved for a victory. That's correct. Maybe. <laughs> the, the half naked chest bump of sorrow is underrated i mean there's something comforting about three obese men and gene just like slamming our bodies together in misery together i so, feel like we, we have an episode title now though the chest bump of misery <laughs> i thought it was gonna be three obese men and gene but whatever that's just the tagline for the podcast Oh, off the rails early. Yep, off the rails early. I, I can know, tell. Dave, you've got a pretty extensive uh, outline there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> ah, the chest bump, it, it does release endorphins. So maybe it is good for after a loss. You want to do one right now? No, right. no. Maybe at the end. <laughs> I don't know if you got a sound effect in there for that, but uh, it looks like you were going to try for it. No. Okay, great. All right, so we can <laughs> I, I do not think we can start tonight uh, talking about anything other than the Philly Voice article by Joe Santaliquido. Did I get that right? 
That's way know. closer. You're the Italian one. I yeah. mean, <laughs> that's closer than Italian? you would have. It's something. It's not Polish. There's no SKI at the back. So, all right. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm sure everyone's read the article by now. And if, you know, it's been out for about a week now. We've kind of had to hold our tongues for six days before we were able to get back behind the microphone and talk about this. But uh, what did you guys think? It, was this responsible journalism? Can we start there? Yeah, I'm happy to start there. Oh, wait, no, no, let's. I'll defer to you. Go, go ahead, Radar. Go nuts. Well, first off, this is Joe Sanluquito. <laughs> I, I, yes, we're a podcast, Radar. We're a podcast. <laughs> it was for you. It was for me. Oh. He's Italian. Okay. So, my, anyway, well, as far as me the, off, the as cue. far as the responsibility level, there was a lot of talk on this uh, all over Philadelphia this week. I feel that it was responsible reporting. That's my take on it. And I also think it unearthed something much deeper than Carson Wentz, which was just how soft every Philadelphia Eagles fan has gotten in the last year since the Super Bowl. And my point to that is everyone's jumping to Carson's defense. Everyone's jumping to Foles' defense. Everyone's crying about the team. Can we just hug it out and move on and get pissed off again? Because this is all crap. That's well, my take. And actually, that was my second bullet point. Why are we so mad? Yeah. That this piece got written. Guy says something about a, a quarterback that is one step, one bad step on the field away from being RG3, and everyone in Philly gets pissed off because he he, he shamed the glory boy. I'm a Wentz fan, but really, I mean, it's it's crazy. Are you? Yes, I'm a Wentz fan, and I'm an Eagles fan, but you know what? Above all, I want the team to succeed, and show me, show me the results. But anyway, he researched the article. The point is he had good sources. He was solid with it, and he waited till the season was over to drop it. I say go for it. Okay. All right. So counterpoint. I think it was irresponsible journalism. I'm not arguing any specific point made in that article. Actually, I probably agree with most of them, but it was the emphasis. Like there were like casual throwaways of like, well, they say he's a good guy. He's nice to work with, but he overthinks things and he doesn't trust his offensive coordinator. And we've said that on this show before we've said it looks like Carson overthinks things. It looks like he's second guessing what he's doing. He's trying to do too much, whereas Foles just goes out and plays the game. And I really feel like that's all the article said. But God damn, the emphasis was diva in the clubhouse, like ruining things and everyone hates Carson like that article. If you if you if you read between the lines or if you just read the the throwaway lines, it's painting actually a pretty fair picture but it's the emphasis is that Carson's a diva he does things his own way so if you're right what is your perception of why this article was written what was Joe's intent when he sat down to write the article what was he trying to accomplish well I think he had a a nugget of good information of you know, this choir boy, this guy that we all hold up in such high esteem, you know, there's uh, some rumblings of discontent, which is a good article. But I think it went to the extreme. I think the emphasis was entirely wrong. Uh, I'm not ready to call it hashtag fake news, you know, but what I'm it, it, it's it's all there. It's all there. They He presents both sides of the argument. And say and play and paints a complex picture, but part of this picture is painted in like bright neon 
vibrating red and the other part's like well everyone's happy to work with him and you know he's a good guy and we like him you know it's so it's taking a a nugget of a story and just running with it so that's that's where i find it irresponsible you got a vibrating red for us uh that you want to that you want to share was joe just after them clicks or was he doing some gritty old school reporting Gene. Oh, I didn't know you were talking to me. Ha! <laughs> I thought you were still talking to Chuck. I was like waiting for Chuck to jump in with like some kind of nugget. Uh, actually, the interesting thing that I thought about this, uh, the take that I was, I, as I was putting on my number five, will always love you jersey today, um, I was thinking what would have happened if this had happened during the McNabb era? What if there, because you're not going to convince me that this same sort of article couldn't have been written in 2004 or whatever about Donovan McNabb. I guarantee you that he had all of these same qualities that they call out in Carson Wentz uh, in 2003 and 2004. He was the same guy. The difference is there was no Nick Foles backing up Donovan McNabb. There was no plan B. There was no alternative to Donovan McNabb. We knew that Donovan was the franchise and uh, end of story to a certain degree. And and for the most part, people still didn't ever embrace Donovan the way that the guy who is at least still right now, uh, short of the only having not having the ring, but you know the rest of the resume is that he's the best quarterback the franchise ever had. Um, so it's just interesting to me that how. There are certain qualities in a quarterback, I think, when you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you kind of embody. I know you could have probably written the same article about Brett Favre. I know you can write it about Tom Brady. Uh, You could write it about John Elway or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees. I can't think of any of them that wouldn't have some of these same qualities that, and kind of to Chuck's point, the way it was kind of spun out was these are all bad qualities. And, and the thing is, just by his tone, he made it seem like they were negative. But if you were to, to look at those same qualities that he's kind of highlighting, as Chuck said, in vibrating red, if you were to take those same qualities and, and put the name Peyton Manning or uh, uh, John Elway next to it, then, you know, these would all be be positives. The only people that I would knock for these sorts of qualities are, are, are Dallas Cowboys, and that's because of the goddamn star on their helmet. That's 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 if any of those people are divas, that that's just par for the course. But so that's a different a, thing. So I have a question though: if with those with the other quarterbacks you just named, they all got to learn under another better quarterback or at least an older quarterback before they took the reins, so to speak, right? So one of the concerns about the article or raise up is like, well, there's not a, there's not, they're not like they're bringing in some force to address this type of thing for next year. One of the concerns about Carson was that he didn't have the proper leadership in the QB room this year. And therefore a lot of things that could have been checked went unchecked. And then it grew into this over the course of the year, as opposed to, you know, guiding him the right way in the beginning of the season. And we're saying that the reason there wasn't an issue last year with this is because what Frank Reich. Well, the the argument is that it, you had older season people, at least with a bigger resume that could actually help guide and gain some respect from a, a younger quarterback. Not putting Carson in a bad sense at all, but if he goes, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and he trusts the guy, and the guy says, no, do this instead, but. Now it's more like one partnership with a peer as opposed to somebody you look to with lots of knowledge. And 
now you go out there and they said like he was calling more audibles at the line. There are a lot more play changes. Put Nick Foles in, somebody who was said to had listened to every play call and and take what was coming from the sideline and only audible when it was truly necessary because he felt more comfortable in the pocket. But who? But who were those people last year? Well, it's Frank, Frank Reich. Well, I mean, Filippo and Filippo, yeah. But Frank Reich more so. Yeah, um, the article even like stated that Frank Reich, you know, uh, Wentz trusted him, and well, then when he left. Yeah. That's right. And that's one of the points about the article. It, like when he got to the end of the article and, and like Chuck said, he does balance both sides of it, but it's more like, Hey, here's all this shit. And then at the bottom he goes, Oh, but anyway, we all wish him the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, radar is an asshole. I really wish him the best, but the guy is totally an asshole. <laughs> well, I think like the, the thing that jumps out to me and it's like highlighted in bold as like this damning quote, according to multiple sources, Wentz tended to complicate, quote unquote, the offense. I don't know why does complicate need to be in quotes, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he didn't let let it come organically as Foles did. According to one source, Wentz could complicate two plus two. And I think that's legit criticism. I don't think that's, you know, well, I think when lots of talent in his own head. You could definitely find yourself overcomplicating things. By by trying to get too much on every play, which isn't a bad thing, but it definitely has to be reined in because if not, you start forcing things. And I think if you look back at what Carson Wentz did before he got actually injured and out of the season, uh, you saw a lot of that. Well, that goes back to Gene's point where you know the, these are qualities that we're finding in lots of successful quarterbacks. So I think the question for you guys is, let's say the article is 100% true, everything is legit, which I don't believe, but – um, let's say it all is true and um, there are players in the locker room that feel this way. Do we care? Is it a concern? I think we Radar. only... Okay. Yes. I think you we... care. Well, here's the thing. I don't think I care. I don't, I think that the attitude issue gets overblown because you want your quarterback to have some swagger and be a little bit in charge. But I think that the concern is you you still need you still have a void of leadership and tutorage of that person. All right, making up words on Potadelphia. Well, it needs to be <laughs> fixed. And what what are the Eagles going to do in the offseason to address that? I think is the real question. Gene, you had a you had a thought. I only care if we keep Nick Foles and Carson Wentz in the same room. I think once we commit, you know, and and stop trying to to work this relationship between two ladies. Uh, you know, we we can once we finally settle down and stop trying to to have our cake and eat it too. Uh, you know, I think the team rallies behind the guy that is in charge. I think part of the problem is you have two guys in the locker room where you can have as much as maybe people say there isn't this problem, but you can naturally see when you have two people and their kind of their trajectories or their success rate is is trending in two kind of different ways and it's impossible as much as I tried to not fall into the Nick Foles can do magic things trap I I fell into it I believed right up until that ball went through Alshon Jeffrey's hands that we were going to go to the NFC championship game and then we were going to go to the Super Bowl and play Tom Brady again like I believed that the entire time so I know that there are people in that locker room that probably feel that same way. And honest to God, that's what I want is when they went out on that field that they were going to play their hearts out for this guy. But now he's got to go so that the franchise quarterback can have his team back. And and that's a good point, Gene. But I I think to like Dave's original question of like, 
do we mind an asshole in the locker room? Not if he's winning. You know, if he's conceited, if he's egotistical, he doesn't want to listen to other people. If he's making the right decisions at the line, who gives a fuck? You know, if he's making the right call, then he's right. You know, it's, you know, we all know, you know, talented people with big heads. And if they've earned it, then you you let it slide. You occasionally let them do a reading at your wedding. But if they don't earn it, you know, then that's a whole nother matter. But when people have an ego and they have the talent behind it, then I don't give a damn. Let them play. You know, if they want to be an ass in the room, let them be an ass in the room. All right. Well, let's get back to the responsible journalism question from the top of the episode. It, the article is written, um, no sources cited, and really no counterpoint other than, yeah, but everybody really wants them to succeed. Well, he cited he cited sources, but they're not they're his. He knows who they are. It's I, journalism. What are you supposed I to get do? it. Well, we're not talking Again, about. Knows, but, uh, don't you think like, somebody's got to go on the record to give this a little bit of credibility? And we're not talking about hiding Al Qaeda here. You know, it's not a matter of national security. You know, <laughs> you know what sources do you need to protect? Well, well I no, think, if you uh, want, the, go right the, yeah. yeah, sorry. the The thought that the thought that you need to have somebody in a locker room. If you had, say, hey, six guys uh, with the team who were on the team in the locker room. Uh, came to me and said this, but I'm keeping my sources private. But I went back and forth. I researched it. I think the only uh, irresponsible thing he did was drop the article to the team for comment 45 minutes before he went live with it. So, like, he actually gave it to the Eagles and said, hey, just so you know, if you want to comment on this, here you go. Yeah, but isn't that more evidence that he wasn't interested in posing any sort of counterpoint to this whatsoever he wanted it to be a 100 slanted article there's some there's an agenda behind this and it's looking for clicks no no i think the guy it's not like he's a blogger he's a freelance journalist uh, he's an established guy who writes in philly all he's the not time. even he's not even on the beat you're on the beat <laughs> <laughs> well whether dave is beating it's it or hard. not because just so everybody knows i'm sitting right across from dave so i just want to argue with you that's fine that's fine that's what we're here for but 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 wait wait i i i'm agreeing with you dave i i wouldn't say necessarily there is an agenda but there was a story he wanted to tell and he fit the facts into it and and but now go agree with radar i don't care that the sources are unnamed if you want a good story, if you want people to talk candidly, they have to be unnamed sources. Like they have hey, to. But I don't did, think they're going to talk to him again because well, they said like he's a good guy, people like him. He has this one or two qualities. Like, okay, great. That's the article. You could see where a lot of people said it because they were trying to help. But going back to Gene's point, it's not about hiding Al Qaeda. It's a sports <laughs> article. What this goes to the soft thing. Like, oh no, somebody said that the quarterback's a diva. Oh my God. He got death threats. It's like, are we really that town? So, my question would be since no one's on record and there's no exact quotes here, how much of this is like, uh, yeah, Alshon, like, do you feel like you should be getting the ball more? Or, like, do you feel if you got the ball more, you'd have a bigger impact on the game? Yeah. Oh, Alshon yeah. says he wants the ball more. Like, how much of that is going on other than, you know, 
oh, is is uh, you know, are you getting frustrated with you know the the way Carson's audibling out of passing? But you know, I don't know, whatever. But I just feel like there's because all this stuff is off the record. There's a lot of latitude to do that kind of thing. I think that my take on the Philly, like if you read a sports article, it's meant to generate conversation and arguments, right? My problem isn't the fact that people disagree with the article. My problem is people disagree with the fact the article is written. Like, that's the difference. If you're a Phillies fan, an Eagles fan, you want to be able to say, fuck, fuck that guy. You know, this is bullshit. Carson Wentz is my guy. This is all bullshit and blah, 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 blah. But instead, the argument is everyone's – you got a million people in Philadelphia going, I can't believe that guy would write that article about this team. Whoa, man, Carson Wentz. He's religious. Well, what's he's the got difference? A sandwich truck. Well, well, the difference is you're you're arguing about the nobody touch the team, don't disrupt the locker room, stay away. Versus saying I disagree with that guy. He sounds like an asshole. I think Radar is kind of saying that the chemistry, the chemistry in the locker room is not so fragile that this article is going to impact their ability to win next season. That's exactly right. But why why do we care that it was written? Argue about the article, but don't argue fact like I can't believe this guy wrote this thing. Well, here's my problem with it is if it is true, there's people in there that aren't supporting or supportive of the quarterback. Who or gives a the, shit? Well, well I mean, I, really. I, like, or do you think that they're know. supportive of the wrong quarterback? I think that might be the bigger problem. Do you think well, that there really is a Foles faction and a Wentz faction and that those two things aren't the same? I'm just saying I never got enough mileage on my Miss Tuong Fu Photoshop. <laughs> but I'm just saying that when you think about it, right, what and, and I say this as a Wentz guy, I think he's awesome. He showed me some flair, but what has he done to say, no, really, I'm that guy. I'm not going to get hurt next year. You're, I'm not going to get hurt, and then Nate Sudfeld is going to have to play against the Giants Wait, and on. lose to Nick Foles. Wentz showed you some flair? Yes, right before he got injured. How many pieces of flair did he show you? Well, only the good button on the front. <laughs> <laughs> the dude was about to win the MVP. I know. And I supported him 100%. But my point is, everyone's like, oh, well, Carson's the guy of the future. And look, I think so too. You love, but you, you love Nick Foles. But you haven't seen that yet. You love Nick Foles. Now, I don't think Nick Foles belongs here in Philadelphia. I'm just saying that I don't want Nate Sudfeld to be our golden parachute next year when you go. Because I think the conversation so misguided. Why are we not talking about Nate Sudfeld? What about Nate Sudfeld do you want to talk about? Right, we're flying so without a safety net next that, year. That We're flying without a safety net if Nate's here. If Nate's not here, th- there's no safety net. So who is the safety net? Well, now we're just like every other team in the NFL. We have a quarterback, and we that's it. If and he what, goes down, it's punter, over. And a punter that can do an emergency handoff? If he goes down, it's done. Gene's going to play quarterback for the Eagles next year. Gene was our backup quarterback in college. So he's, he's got and if and if Ian went down, we were screwed. <laughs> um, oh shit! Okay, <laughs> what, what do we want to talk about? Foles or wait, sorry? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about Nick Foles. What, uh, what do we make out of the line that Carson doesn't want to run quote Foles stuff? And what is quote Foles stuff anyway? It's a it's a linebacker in the chest and then forty yards downfield. That's full stuff. <laughs> he doesn't want to run the Philly special because he'll be reminded of the fact that Nick Foles has a statue outside of the stadium. Oh, but that might be feelings now. 
And that I, might be it, Radar. I didn't. I didn't make much of the full stuff line. I thought it was good emotional like, intelligence from you, by the way. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. I try. High EQ. High EQ. Um, yeah. No, I. I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as like, you know, um, you know, fewer options at the line. You know, relatively straightforward stuff. But maybe you're right. Maybe it is the the Philly special, the Philly Philly. You know, he doesn't want to do the gimmick plays so everyone can comment on, you know, how Foles did it better. So, I mean, that, that could be it. I mean, it's an untenable situation. I, I, I put If you put yourself in the Carson Wentz. Well, he came out and said, did, did he not? I'm not 100%. I, Carson Wentz came out and said in an interview that it was pressure. He did feel pressure and it was weird that he had to, to exist in that dynamic behind Foles knowing that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and that there that will always be there and it, it it added a level of pressure on him that he wasn't prepared for something along those lines he said that in an article in the last week and a half how many other people could have has that experience even gone to where all of a sudden the guy who was the Super Bowl MVP is your backup I can't think of another situation in the history of the NFL where you've come back into your job that you've never really lost, and the guy breathing down your neck is the guy that just won the Super Bowl MVP, whose nickname is Big Dick Nick. Like, I, oh, by the I, way, I, I don't know he, how if, that happens. If the Eagles went to the Super. If the Eagles went to the Super Bowl this year, I mean, you, you can only speculate so much, but how they would have? It's just crazy. Like, what would have happened? Because if all this stuff, same article comes out after they win the Super Bowl. Wentz is looking for a new team. Wentz is. Not the Eagles to get rid of Wentz, but Wentz is like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, you're probably right. I know I'm right. <laughs> your bra- radar's breaking my furniture. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, well, I, I agree with the radar. I think we touched on that before. Like, if Nick Foles went back to the Super Bowl and won again, you'd like. You have to quantify, I don't know, good luck. <laughs> like the intangibles, you know, you can't find it on the paper, but all he does is win big games and, you know, come up huge. So, well, Alshon Jeffrey catches that pass. We may be talking about that right now during, no, during the whole week. If Alshon Jeffrey caught that pass, the Eagles would be going to the Super Bowl. There's no way. But you know what? They're not, and who cares? I'm just saying that nobody's talking about Nate Sutton. Well, it can't. I, I mean, well, in Philly, not us. I just mean in the Zeitgeist. What do we need to talk about Nate Sudfeld for? Nate Sudfeld is probably not even going to be on this team either. His fragile ass next year. Who's going to be the guy that we turn to when we go, you're on? Well, it's going to be Nate Sudfeld. I well, mean, he's a free so, agent, but it's going to be Nate Sudfeld. Yes, and Nate Sudfeld has a name that screams Nate Sudfeld. Like, you know, like, hey. The walls part in the varsity. Do you see his quarterback rating in that Redskins game? Listen, I'm not saying the guy's bad. I'm just saying I don't understand how that's not the everyone's talking about Nick Foles. It's like, no, talk about Nate Sudfeld. Is he ready to go? Is he going to be a good backup? Because he's going to be playing at least four games next year. He's going to play a lot of preseason games, so we'll know. (laughs) Well, he's going to have a better preseason than Nick Foles did this year. Uh, So, all right. Everything equal. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't, I don't. All right, I just left. Uh, so, all right, guys, everything being equal, who 
who is your starting quarterback next year? Would you rather have Nick or would you rather have Carson? I I'd I'd rather have Carson. I'd I'd rather have Carson. You know, this guy gets the coffee pot. It's like we're at the diner all over again. Get your refreshments in line before the show. No, we're, not we're continuing the conversation. So you'd rather have Carson, Gene? Carson wins. Radar. Yeah. Would Nate you rather? No. Would you rather have Carson or Nick next year? I'm I'm like, done with it. All it's going to be so- Carson. I I know what it's going to be. I'm just saying, like, if you take all the other variables out of the equation, who would you rather have? Nick Foles. All right. Well, there it is. And, and Dave, you're Carson. Wait, yeah, I'm Carson. Take, what what do you Carson. take out of the equation? Like the injury history too? No, you're, yeah, you're taking the, well, you're taking the injury history out. You're taking the uh, the contracts like out. You just put all, next to him and be stuff. like, well, that guy looks good. I like, like you could just do whatever. You could just I mean, do... What? Well, I'm just saying, how, what do you keep on the table? Like if you keep injury history, passer rating? Sure, what? you keep injury history. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying take the contract situation out of it. Take what you traded for to get Carson out of it. Just strictly what you've seen on the field. Uh, right now, your GM radar. G- radar, your GM right now. I, I, I want the guy who. Well, if take everything else out of it. So the, they're making a mistake. What? In your mind, they're making a mistake. No, I think take if 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 you take everything else out of it, then it's Nick Foles. But I think based on the situation now. And what happened in the last couple of weeks of the season and Carson's emotions and this soft ass town. Yeah, then you keep Carson Wentz. <laughs> Can we dig into this soft ass town Dude. for a minute? What, what, what is it about Eagles fans that are getting soft? I just think that everybody in Philly needs to just get together, put on their Eagles shirts, and have a giant big group hug, cry it out once, and then step back and go, you know what? Fuck this team. I want to know who's going to be the quarterback next year. Why didn't you catch that goddamn ball? Why did we get off to a shitty start this season? Why did Doug, you know, Peterson have his book deal done before he like stepped out out of the stadium from the Super Bowl? Like, let's just get angry again. <laughs> you know, it went from being like, I mean, the the conversation was ridiculous, and it went from being like two years ago it was like. Oh my God, we're never going to win a Super Bowl. To oh hey, I can't believe this magic thing's happening. To this year, where literally the first week of the playoffs, when the Eagles won the game, everyone goes, "Well, we're only three games away from the Super Bowl." Like you could just pull that shit out of your ass. Like <laughs> hey, you know what? Now that the Eagles are going to be a repeat team every 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 year, you know, which is what everybody immediately goes to go. Well, if Nick Foles, if the Eagles win this one game, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And it's like, guys, yes, let's be angry about all this stuff, but let's just take a moment. And, and then get on the phone, and, and what is the topic of conversation? Not like, what happened to this team? We were a good team last year. This is bullshit. Instead, they're like, well, you know, we got to think about Wentz's feelings. I'm sure it's really hard for him to walk in, walk out, you know, uh, come to the stadium every day, see the statue, walk into the room, watch Nick Foles throw the pass. Get over it. You're either it, football is either business, and you say on one side, "We're coming to work today. Let's go." Well, then get off your ass, stop crying, and be a quarterback. You know. And by the way, being responsible is saying, "Hey, coach, guess what? I can't throw the ball sixty yards down the field because my back hurts." Oh yeah, totally. Huh? Well, yeah. What are we doing? There you go. Hey, should we be burying Alshon Jeffrey for not catching that ball? No. We we should definitely not be having wait, him wait, do wait, the, wait, 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 do, wait, do wait, the third wait, grade wait, classroom tour. 
soft. Real quick, it's like, we are too soft. We need to get angry again. Like, Radar, you converted me. I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? The Super Bowl spoiled us. And should we get on uh, Jeffries and... And the answer is, no, 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 give him a pass. No, no. Why? You can bury him for dropping the ball, but that is not the reason we lost that game. We that is the, the reason game. we lost that game. We started, we started the game with our foot on the gas, and then for the second, third, and half of the fourth quarter, and we're okay, like, okay, well, fine. The, the The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the <laughs> second best time to do it is now. He had the ball in his hand. That was that was the game. <laughs> Like, so, yeah, we could have been better, but I, it's like saying, like, you went through college, fucked up all four years, and if you passed one test, you would have, like, been valedictorian, and you just, like, dropped the ball, question. literally <laughs> dropped the ball. You can't go, oh, well, I should have done better my sophomore year. No, if you put B on this one answer, you would have, you would have Listen, won. Listen, you 100% need to blame that guy. There's nothing wrong with blaming Alshon Jeffries. He had the ball in his hand. It was a good pass. It went right through his hands. He needs to catch that ball. But that is not the reason we lost the game. Not the only reason. Yeah, but well, no, he needs to catch it. So we shouldn't be Alshon, like, we still love you. Don't beat yourself up. And I know he came out sad, and that's a good thing. I'm happy he's sad. He owned it, too. He owned it. He owned it right after the game. He owned it. Yeah, great. But I'm, like, starting to... I'm like starting to back off of like it's okay. Like the more I keep thinking about it, it's the more okay. I'm like it's not okay. And it's we shouldn't be out on Twitter going like it's okay, Alshon. Like we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for you. Are we all British now? Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Radar, you know Dave does Alshon voices with our cast of characters on this podcast. <laughs> Hello, Alshon. Don't be so down but on no. yourself. No, and Gene is right, because if this article came out about McNabb, we'd be like, yeah, get him out of here. Yeah, get his mom some more Jeff, Campbell's soup. Jeff Garcia should be the quarterback. We did say Real that. quick, though. <laughs> go on, Gene. Go on, Gene. We did, we, did, we did say that, that Jeff Garcia should be the quarterback. We didn't want McNabb back. <laughs> they shipped Jeff Garcia out of town. And Jeff Garcia wasn't anywhere near as talented as any of the quarterbacks on this team. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it was we as had good like two games, and one of them was at Christmas. The funny thing about having Radar on this show is that when I, when we do this podcast, I generally feel better about something bad that has happened. But now you make me angry. It's a goddamn eulogy episode. What do you want from me? Like this is supposed <laughs> to be talking about putting them down. You run the credits. <laughs> what do we say when it's the eulogy in football? I'll be like, well, I uh, just do want to remind everybody that all rights are protected by the NFL and uh, any rebroadcast of this song. Uh, <laughs> be like, no, don't do that. There's two minutes left in the game. Uh, you know, without the expressly written consent. Well, we at least we waited until the fork was in them before we do our eulogy episode. Yeah. Well, well, just, so. <laughs> and how many not- actual eulogies begin yeah. with the priest of pul- you know, coming up the pulpit? It's like he was the bastard and we knew it. Like, let's just get that out there first thing. Come on, Hester. Can we move? Can we look to the future for a second? Sure. Is that okay? Are you those? Yeah. Well, One of them. Well, you're the one I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, all right. Let's look. What are we going to do moving forward? We got a bunch of free agents. What's on the outline? I don't well, know. I'm saying it's the free agents. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to do a transition here. You're oh, you meant the Eagles. Not, not, not Potadelphia. Not <laughs> we weren't talking. This is a lot of fun, by the way. Thanks for having me on. This is why we do it every week. It's brilliant. All right. 
I'm a big I'm a big fan. Long time, first time. Uh, yeah, great. Thank you. <sighs> Let's start on the defensive side of the ball because I feel like that's where we're the most fragile. Okay. All right, free agents. Brandon Graham. He's not coming back. Oh, you mean who's coming back, not coming back? Yeah, I don't think Well, so. okay, Brandon Graham, Haloti Nada, Chris Long, Chris Maragos, Corey Graham, Ronald Darby, and Hicks, Jordan Hicks. Uh, who who do we have to bring back? Darby. You got to bring back Darby. You got to bring back Hicks. I think See, the I rest. Think, of, I, think I think the rest think of the Darby defensive line. So are those the guys who are up for their contracts are up. Yeah, they're they're free agents yeah. this year. Go you ahead, think, Gene. You think Darby can go? You want to replace yeah. him with uh, Maddox or uh, Sheldon Brown or Cravon? Cravon. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Don't you think you get Darby on the cheap right now, though? I don't know. I don't know. I think we need to bring Brandon Graham back. Yeah, I think Brandon Graham had a strong finish. Somebody's going to overpay Brandon Graham. That's the thing. Somebody's going to pay him $5 million more than he's worth. And you don't is think... Our, does our success screw us there? Is it like, you know, Brandon Graham of the, you know, Super Bowl winning Eagles... Like, is that sort of thing going to, you know, you know, screw us in the offseason? I just feel like if you look at the arc of people's careers, like, we ha- like we had Brandon Graham at his peak. Like, that was the high watermark. He's not going to be as good as that. Anything, you're, you're now going to pay more money to get a player that is less effective. Hmm. You may be right. You may be right. Um. But, so so you 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 want to you want to keep Hicks? I want to keep Hicks. I just don't know if there's a way to replace him. I also think you can get him at a pretty decent price tag. I also think that Hicks has got more in the tank if you could if you don't have to have him play every down. Well, he didn't get injured this year, or he was injured for a little while. He was injured for a little while, but not like not like it's one of those terrible injuries that he is known for. See, I think the bigger question is who who else is it? like for if you're another team looking at these guys. So the question is like, should the do the Eagles want to keep him? Who's coming up in the draft, or who who would replace those guys if they're gone? But the thing is, if you're another team coming in, you go, yeah, I want to get this guy. A lot of it depends on who else is going to be on the market, right? Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, they didn't finish strong. So, and the Eagles, even this year, even though they, yeah they had a strong, well they they had a strong finish, but really for the whole season it was kind of like meh, you know, up and down, up and down. So, did anyone really shine as like free agent star? Uh, well, maybe from the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, like Golden Tate. Golden Tate's a free agent. Would you bring Golden Tate back? I would. You would? Yeah, I would. I think he's going to do well with Wentz once they grow together. Because when did he start this year? Once Golden Tate goes out to North Dakota and does some uh, duck hunting or whatever. Yeah. They bond. Sure. Yeah. I feel like you can't have Golden Tate and uh, and Nelly on on the same team. I feel like they're too much the same guy. So if we can move along, but Nelson is a young, kind of a younger version of Golden Tate. He's just maybe not a, not as good after the catch, but they play the same position. They they you know, I I feel like they never figure out how to use both those guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like we watched what I, I don't know ten games with Golden Tate, and it just it wasn't happening. Well, 
but he came in, he was still learning the offense. And then you had the thing happen with Wentz going out. So I don't think he ever got fully up to speed on the whole scheme. Why can Amari Cooper go to Dallas and just start catching uh, everything and get involved in the offense like right away? But Golden Tate needs like eight weeks to learn the offense here in Philadelphia. It's because it's America's team, man. It's because Dallas didn't have a receiver before, so as soon as they got one, suddenly they could they could run pass plays to wide receivers. Uh, Jordan Matthews, he's gone. Uh, gone. Yeah, he's gone. Once his buddy. Yeah, I just feel like there's not going to be enough room on the team for him. Well, this goes to Wentz's clout question. If he has as much clout as he as it's alluded to in the article, then maybe he does stay. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, <laughs> what else? Mike Wallace. I hardly knew you. <laughs> Did he uh, play a single snap in the regular season? Didn't uh, he get hurt in game yeah. one? Yeah, he played game one. Yeah, God. Didn't he? Yeah, I mean, D- Darren Sproles. I think Sproles said he wanted to play one more year, right? But are we going to – you want to sign him for another year? I yeah. guess we get him relatively yeah, inexpensive, right? I feel like Peterson well, would have him back if he wanted to play. Yeah, and they're not going to have to pay him a lot of money. And a running back course is a shit show. Well, speaking of running backs, we have uh, Jay Ajayi. It'll be an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I mean, what, he'll be would, retiring at the end of the season? That guy should just be somebody else's problem as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to take any, any – I don't want anything to do with those yeah. guys. I'd bring him back for cheap if he'd signed There's for it. There's no way he survives more than, like, he's going to play four games next year, and I guarantee you they're not going to be in, the, like, in a row. Three of them will be in the preseason. So what does the backfield look like next year for running backs? So you've got... Well, current state's Corey Clement. Right. Josh Adams. Adams. And Sproles. Smallwood. And Smallwood, and yeah. Smallwood. And Sproles. And whoever we're going to draft in, like, the third round... This year, that's going to be a bust. I think we have two twos, so we might see him. We might see one of the. We might see him pick up. I think it's priority. I think it's an absolute priority. (laughs) (laughs) And not a bust in Cooperstown or anything like that. Uh, um, (laughs) Who else here? Uh, uh, And Elliot. I mean, we're going to resign Elliot, right? Yeah, and he the way he is, he's not like an unrestricted free agent. Like we have basically have right of first refusal. Basically, he's just going to get a raise. So I want to talk about um, Peters for a second. What are we going to do with him? Is he still under contract? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got one, one year. I don't know how much it's, is left on it, but whatever it is, it's too much. So you you think you do you go to him and see if he'll restructure his deal? He'll restructure his deal. You think he will? Yeah. And he won't play a snap in the. Pre- you you got to go to him and be like, look, Jason, you don't have to play in the preseason. Just get ready for the season and just you know, third down. Yeah. You only play third downs. Well, you ask him, what does he want to do? He probably just wants to finish out his year here and be done, right? That's his thing. He's going to retire, right? Because if he doesn't want to retire, I don't know. Then he's going to go to another team. I don't know who. uh, $10.7 cap hit for next season. That's way too much. Yeah, you got to get that down to like four. Yeah, four, six max. I mean, what sort of drugs is he willing to take? I think that's 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 the opening question of like, listen, you've had a great career, you know, one PED bust won't hurt your legacy. Um, what are you willing to take, and how much of it? 
Like, get him back, get him healthy, and and I'm all for it. So the buzz is right now, would the Eagles trade Nick Foles for Leonard Fortnite? Oh, that's interesting. That's the buzz as of today. Uh, was Jacksonville? Well, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, but it's yeah. picked up in a couple places. Hmm. That's a guy that Straight. caused a lot of problems in Jacksonville with a, with he's kind of a kind of a mouthy guy. Well, you know, we, oh, we bought yeah. him, what's his name, Mike Vick, and it worked out great. <laughs> Did it? He still plays, right, for the Eagles? No, 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 <laughs> nope. He he's a coach in some like summer league that's oh, he, coming yeah, up. He's on NFL Network, right? Or yeah, I think he does the NFL Network coverage. Does he? Yeah, he's he's a he's a sportscaster or a uh, analyst rather. Uh, well, it would solve you know one of our problems. Actually, it would solve two of our problems. It would right. solve our quarterback issue, and it would also solve a running back issue that we have. So, right? would you do it straight up, just four net for foals and? Well, that's the that's the. Well, first off, you don't have do you don't have the ability to trade foals, so you would need to franchise him or ag- have him agree to some sort of contract yeah. some sort of sign and trade situation well he loves philly so you know nick Foles is willing to take one for the team apparently you know why do you say it like that well we, i say it like that because everyone <laughs> is like well nick Foles will stay in philly in for a million dollars a season because he loves the city so much that's what people are saying now because you know nick Foles loves philly so much that he'd be willing to not take a 20 million dollar payday to go play for the redskins <laughs> well, we have an option on Foles, right? It's there, there's some date coming up. Where, twenty can option him and pay him twenty some million, which they but can he can afford. but he can buy out his contract for two million. Yes, right. so that's that's the thing. Unless they franchise, him. right? Then he can't. Right, and the, the deal was they franchise him, work out a deal with him where they franchise him and then trade him to a team that he wants to go to. But you have to trade him to a team that's like, yes, I will pay Nick Foles $25 million this year. Right. right. And well, and the Risky still exists, right? Risky Biscuits. So the Browns still exist, right? That they sounds got, like their cup of tea. They've got Not their the quarterback. Guy. Yeah, no, they got their guy. Well, you know what it's going to be? I, see, this is, the, this is the nightmare scenario. And I hate to bring it back again. I'm going to say it just like this. Nate Sudfeld <laughs> comes in, in the second quarter of a game and, and does okay, and the Eagles beat, you know, whatever crap team they're playing. But, oh, hey, let's look forward to next week now when Carson Wentz is questionable. Oh, but Nick Foles is coming in leading the Redskins who are on a hot streak. Well, welcome home, Nick. Actually, I heard Giants. Doesn't matter. Same thing. Now you see that twice a year, you're going to be like, well, there's the guy. Carson, do you get a, can you do me a favor? Grab that playbook and a headset. Dude, Nick Foles in the in the NFC East is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And it's gonna happen. He's gonna come here every year. Yes. And touch a statue on the way in the door. Carson's gotta play him twice every year. And it's gonna be a big story about how Nick won a Super Bowl and Carson gets hurt every year. And the, every the, broadcast, every pregame show, it's like it's a nightmare. You're right. They're it's gonna do some funny graphics where like Rocky runs up like Nick Foles, but then Carson Wentz jumps in front of him, and then Nick jumps in front of him, and then everyone chuckles because the graphics are so hysterical. Because that's kind of what they do now. <laughs> Maybe the graphics will involve cheesesteaks in some capacity. Like the winner would hold a cheesesteak up <laughs> and then punch the other guy with another cheesesteak. <laughs> 
I mean, all of this graphics is exactly what John Madden would have done if he had the technology 20 years ago. Maybe I'd do the graphic of uh, like Pats versus Geno's, but it's like Carson's versus Nick's. And you are 100% right, right, Dave. You are predicting the future. That is what is going to happen. The only Who has the longest queue to get a cheesesteak? Who gets... Oh. I think that there's going to be more people that want to get a Foles cheesesteak. i got to be honest with you. And, and see, and no one was prepared to talk about Jim's steaks, which is Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> like, I wasn't yeah, prepared for that much Sudfeld content. <laughs> <laughs> But, and, and so and 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 I'll have to listen to like my mother-in-law every like twice a year going like we should have kept Nick. Why do we cut? Why do we get rid of Nick? Or we flip it over the other way and Nick goes and like does eight and eight season right for either one of those teams. Probably not going to happen. But the point is that Wentz. I'm just saying, yeah. Hey, Wentz is my guy. He's an Eagle, and I support the Eagles. Great. You don't say that with a lot of. I just want to say that you don't say that with a lot of conviction. (laughs) What do you want? What do you want from me? It's I don't want to wake your kids up. Okay, all right. But I'm just saying, like this is why I keep saying about the backup situation. You're talking about running backs, and it's like, listen, what if Wentz gets hurt? So let's just what if for one second. What if Wentz gets hurt in the third game of the season next year? Now Sudfeld's your guy, and then who do they get to cover for him? What I'm. What do the Patriots do? What do they say if Tom Brady gets hurt? Tom Brady doesn't get hurt. Well, I mean, he has. Well, how long has he been out with an injury? He missed almost a whole season. Injury. Yeah, he missed a whole season with a broken shoulder. And who is it? To Garoppolo. Garoppolo, yeah. Well, he's done really well since they traded him, right? So. Yeah, but I mean, like every, uh, like, uh, what, what do the Saints do if no, if but... Breeze goes out? Like, what what do the Chargers do if? Well, you, you have to – like right now in Philly, like you you, you want to have a good backup. I'm not saying Sudfeld's not a bad backup. I'm just saying that with all of the stuff that's focused on Nick and Carson and Carson and Nick and Nick and Carson, Carson, Nick, I'm just saying, is Nate Sudfeld the guy you want behind a, a maybe fragile quarterback? Maybe fragile. I mean, you got to go best available, right? I mean, like, that's... Is he the best available? Probably. I mean, as far as the backup quarterback goes, who knows? I don't know. Why don't we just call Chase Daniels up and pay him another $20 million? I, you know, it's just like doomsday situation. Like, what are we going to do if Joel Embiid gets hurt? Yeah, but you're talking about Carson Wentz has already shown that he's injury prone. It's not like he's a shiny new toy. No, but he stuff. never... Reco- All right. Well, I'm just saying, it's not like you go, well, what if everybody gets hurt? He goes, he's not fresh I'm right just- now. Yeah, but I'm just saying he's never recovered. He hasn't even recovered from the injury. Yeah, and when is that going to happen? Well, April. They said April. Yeah, if you if you listen to our show featuring you know, April, April. something, <laughs> <laughs> was was something to throw. We, we brought in a medical expert talking about the knee injury, not not necessarily the back injury. The knee injury is more concerning. You know, our what the heck segment. Uh, with Doctor Heck, you, I, um, we did not agree to call it that. You you called it that. <laughs> well, what else are we going to call it? Go also, to, it's called Nate's, Go to Heck. <laughs> go to, I think Nate Sudfeld has been name dropped more on this episode than he has the entirety. The the of only the... other people that talk about Nate Sudfeld as much are Mister and Mrs. Sudfeld's parents. <laughs> like and they're disappointed. Sounds like the like like the rich nephew. In like uh, Caddyshack or something, or one of these movies where there's like the you know the the popular people versus the non popular people. 
and that's like the rich kid's nephew that's like you're like oh and meet my nephew nate sudfield <laughs> and like go oh, quick we can't get in the building because nate sudfield's guarding the door you know what i mean <laughs> all right anything else you want to talk about about the eagles season it's over dude it's time oh. for chuck penalty box <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you. So we're going to do an all Eagles edition of Chuck's Penalty Box. And we're going to start with our guest, uh, Radar. Radar, who is in your penalty box? I'm putting myself in the penalty box because I let myself fall into the, the trap of that the Eagles would actually make it to the Super Bowl after they won one playoff game this year. All right. Uh, shortened to the point, Radar is putting himself in the penalty box for having hope. That's uh, two minutes for optimism. Uh, Radar is going in for two minutes for optimism. Gene, who is in your penalty box? I'm going to put Tory Smith in the penalty box because he chimed in about the Wentz article. Now, granted, he took Wentz's side, but if there's one, if there's people that I don't want to hear from, it's guys who are no longer on this team. I have no interest in hearing about what Tory Smith's feelings about our locker room situation is. First of all, he's not here. How does he know how things are going? He wasn't here. He has no idea what's been happening in the locker room since he left a year ago, almost. So... We don't call all of the other like former Eagles and be like, hey, why don't you chime in on what's going on in, in a town that you don't play for anymore? So all you former Eagles, keep out of our business from now on. All right. Uh, Tory Smith and former Eagles, a day late and a dollar short. You're going into the penalty box for speaking about matters that don't pertain to you. Uh, that's a double minor four minutes. Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box? I'm putting me and every single person who in week three was clamoring for Carson Wentz to come back. After talking with Dr. Heck, after seeing how this season unfolded, after finding out about you know Carson Wentz's back injury, with hindsight being 2020, I wish we had Carson stay out until week eight or week 10 until he was ready to come back, and we should have played it a little more conservatively. It was just... Ah, uh, Nick Foles was just playing so bad, I couldn't help it. So uh, uh, me and all the other people that were clamoring for Carson to come back as early as possible, I'm putting us in the penalty box. All right. It is a five-minute major for rushing a fan uh, franchise quarterback, five-minute major for rushing a franchise quarterback. And this is the first time on the show that two of the hosts have put themselves in the penalty box. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> and and I'm kind of tangentially putting a host in the penalty box myself. I'm I'm putting in Kelly Green Truthers <laughs> because there's this consensus out there that you know the the current look is okay, but honestly, we're a Kelly Green team. Get rid of that midnight green. We are a Kelly Green team. You know, when are we going to go back to the old logo? You know, when are we going to go back to that that team we loved? And you know what? From Midnight Green and the new logo and Jeffrey Lurie, it's been the most successful time in Eagles history. So like it or not, 
Um, that's the team. This is the team's identity. It's midnight green with that Eagles head. That is what the team is. Like third jersey, bring me the Kelly Green. You know, retro night, bring me the Kelly Green. But the call to go back to it. Why would we go from the winningest error in Philly's history in uh, Eagles history back to one that we came up short? Midnight Green forever. So I'm putting in Kelly Green Truthers for living in the past. Uh, two minute minor. So you're putting me in the penalty box twice. Well, you put in yourself in once. You know, I I, I didn't call that penalty on you. So. And the you Kelly have... Green looks better. The maroon Phillies uniform looks better. You just need to admit it. Music from the 80s was better. Oh, my God. That's yeah, not you true. You get the fixers to wear those really short crop shorts again, too, right? That's what you're going for? The ones yeah. that, like, you know. Bring back Big Shot. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, anything's better than Franklin. Hey, listen. So, sure. Are you running Philly out of time moose for life. Get to the wings lacrosse section. We're out of time. <laughs> We're out of time, but we are going to be back later on this week with a bonus, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a bonus baseball episode. We were all football today. We're going to do a bonus all baseball episode. How many days? Week. How many days what? To pitchers and catchers since you, to tease your things. I don't know. 62. I think it's 62. Right? I think it's 62. All right. Thank you, Gene. They've been doing like a number. They've been, they've been doing like a number countdown on on one of the websites I watch. It's totally not sixty-two to pitchers and catchers. <laughs> is it sixty-four? That's over two months. All right, I think it's like twenty-one. If it's the eighteenth, then uh, it's like twenty-one, twenty-two days. Oh, you know what? I think it's like sixty-two till the season starts. I can just Google it. It's fine. It's fine. This is not good radio. Anyone kills like can... We don't like editing. That's the thing. Don't edit. <laughs> That we have to talk during your research. This time. is a podcast, right? You guys do whatever you want. Yeah, All right. sure. What day do they report? February thirteenth is the deadline for arrival. First workout next day, February eighteenth. Oh, that's for the Red Sox. <laughs> this is why we don't do this like live researching that you uh, are so keen on. Anyway, we'll be back later on this week to give you the uh, accurate days until pitchers and catchers report, and we're going to talk about all things baseball. Uh, and then this is also your weekly reminder to please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps out the show, helps other people find the show. Also, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, just search for Potadelphia. And uh, also, you got some extra. You got some extra time in your in your day. Your commute. You, you got a blank spot there in your uh, your podcast feed. Check out the Whip Around, our sister show, for all your weird news. Uh, very entertaining, very entertaining. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll see you in a few days. Have a great day at work, everybody. Bye.